Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Good job, guys. Yeah. Church, how are you? Hey, if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so glad that you guys are here. Whether you're here uh, for the first time or if you're watching online for the first time, we're so glad that you guys are here. Last weekend, we had an incredible time at our Rock the Block where we had uh, just a ton of people from the community. I remember being at the table, and somebody came up, and they said, hey, what, what's this event for? And I was like, well, we just want to show our community that we love you. And then they're like, oh, like, they were so shocked by it. It was so cool. And so thank you to those of you that served. Thank you to those of you that uh, uh, gave to be able to do a ministry like that, to offer um, just free uh, stuff to our community so we could love our community. And uh, I think there's so many cool stories that have come out of uh, the Rock the Block last weekend. And so we just wanted to say thank you for that. Um, coming up in a, a couple weeks, or actually this weekend, this Saturday, we are going to be doing another prayer and worship night from 6 to 8 o'clock. Uh, down in the new chapel space in the new swap area. And we would love for you guys, if you want to just come and just uh, uh, spend a little bit more time in worship and spend a little bit more time in prayer and just try to connect with God uh, in that way, you are invited. Anybody is welcome to come. We would love to have you guys uh, come be a part of that 6 to 8 uh, on Saturday of next week or this upcoming Saturday. So mark your calendars. We would love to have you guys be there and be a part of that uh, for that. Um, there are so many other things coming up that I wish, like if I just went down the list and started talking to you guys, I, Brent wouldn't have any time to preach, so I won't do that. Uh, but one of the things that I'm super excited about is uh, something we have that's part of our Fight for Family initiative, and it's called our Prayer Partner Program. And every year we have uh, uh, freshmen come into high school, and one of the things that we want to do is we want to partner up freshmen in high school with people in the church that are going to pray for them all throughout their high school career. And uh, we have a huge freshman class this year, um, somewhere in the range of about 25 to 30 kids if they all sign up. And we need more prayer partners. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, I, I can pray. I like teenagers. I don't want to be around teenagers all that much, but I can pray for them. Like, if that's you or if you love being around teenagers, like, that's awesome too. But if you're like, hey, I want to pray for them, we could use you guys to be able to, uh, to just pray over teenagers. And if you are a parent of a freshman in high school or you're like, hey, I didn't know about this before, you can still sign up as well. You can go to myedinbrook.org. You can sign your student up, and there's just a little bit of information that we can partner up. But this is a cool ministry, and this is one of the things that I love about this church is we're a church that not only believes in prayer, but we put it into action. And we pray for students in a time where uh, the influences are real, uh, the struggle is real, and uh, all of those things. And so we want to partner up students with loving and caring adults that are going to pray for them all throughout high school. And so if that's something that you're like, I'm in on that, you can find me in the lobby. I'll be out there. You can ask me questions. I can help you get set up with that. Um, or you can go to myedinbrook.org and do that as well. Um, there's a ton more information as well in the handouts if you got those uh, and encourage you to take a look at that. Or you can always go to myedinbrook.org and find the information. It's fall. Things are starting back up. Like it's, it's kind of crazy time, but we just want you guys to be in the loop to know what's going on here at church. And we want you guys to be a part of what God is doing here. Uh, speaking of that, uh, I just want to say thank you to those of you and everyone that has given uh, to the mission of this church. We could not do Rock the Block. We could not do the, the marriage conference that we just did here this weekend. We could not do Prayer Partner Program and all of these things if it wasn't for the generosity and you stepping out in obedience to uh, give to the church and give to the mission that God has for us. And so I just want to say thank you. If you brought a gift, 
um, you can actually drop it in one of the boxes out here or uh, out at door two. There's a box as well. Or you can continue to give online securely. And again, just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Let me just pray uh, as Pastor Brent gets ready to come up. God, I just thank you that you know us, that you love us, and that you have called us into something greater than ourselves. Uh, but we cannot do it without your power. And so, God, we just pray that as a church, as we talk about what it means to be beyond and beyond our walls and beyond our abilities, God, would you fill us? Your word in John 15 says, apart from you, we can do nothing. And so, God, we pray that you would be in this place, that you would fill our hearts, you would fill this place with your spirit, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. <clears throat> well, good morning, Adam Brooke. Hey, I just want to say if you're a guest, hey, we're, we are really glad that you are uh, here with us this morning. If you're watching online, hey, we're glad you're tuned in as well. Uh, we are in a vision series right now called Beyond, and we're talking over these next several weeks, like, where are we going as a church? And so this is a great time for all of us, especially if you are a guest and you're checking us out, I'd encourage you to stick it out through the rest of this series so that you know what Edinburgh's going to be about. Like, where are we going as a church? That's what we're talking about in, in this series. Last week, I talked about going beyond our walls. And uh, we said we want to pray uh, with, with, with a thousand people by the end of the year. Uh, we put a little canvas out in the lobby. It says beyond our walls. It's fun seeing already names uh, starting to be added to that. By the way, just to bring clarity to that, that those are people that you are actually praying with, okay, in person, praying with. Not just people you're praying for. Hopefully we're all praying uh, for, for multiple people in our life. But these, the, the names we want you adding uh, there are people that you are praying personally, okay, with. So like Joe Biden was on there. <laughs> and maybe you have, uh, you know, access to Joe Biden. If you do, let me know, all right. Um, but uh, it's, 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 it's people you're praying with, okay, not just people we want to pray for. Hopefully we're already doing that. And we'd like to see a thousand names on there so that as we're walking by on Sundays, Wednesdays, whatever's going on through the week, and we see, start seeing those names, we as a church can start praying for those individuals as well and asking that God would cover and bless their lives, okay? Uh, so this week, I'm, I'm going to be talking about beyond our natural abilities. We want to go beyond uh, our, our natural abilities uh, with God's help, by God's help, okay? Uh, the, just yesterday, I was at uh, the Coon Rapids Dam with Danielle, uh, and I was reminded of something. Um, we were walking um, over, you know, the, the water area, that little walkway there, and um, if, you, if you've ever been out to the Coon Rapids Dam, like especially towards like as the sun is setting, you probably know, I mean, there, there's a little bit of a spider problem there. Anybody ever picked up on that? Like, on the, like man, the spiders just love it there. Not a big fan of spiders, all right? So I walk very much in the middle, okay? I don't care if you're on a bike. I don't care. I'm sticking to, to, to the middle, all right? And so I'm walking, and as we were walking, though, there was this woman, she was, she was dancing. Maybe, maybe some of you were there last night. You saw this, there was this woman, she was doing like some, some beautiful dancing. It was like ballet, but like 
gymnast type stuff too, okay, so she was kind of taking up the walkway, but it was like this beautiful dance for whatever reason, she was just in the middle, so, you know, but I'm like, I'm sticking to her, I'm sticking to the middle, so um, we waited for our chance, we walked through, but I was kind of distracted by, by her, her dancing, and so we get to like the end, and I think, okay, we're, we're off the bridge with all the spiders, when I'm, again, I'm distracted by the woman dancing behind us, and, and I'm looking, when all of a sudden I see this like little shadow on the ground, and it was a pretty decent shadow, okay, right? The sun's gone down, there's a light post above me that's come on, and I see this shadow, and I'm thinking, it must be like a, a moth, you know, like up in the lights kind of thing, and, and, and I can see the shadow dancing around, but I'm, again, I'm distracted when Danielle just grabs my hand and just gently like pulls me over to the side, okay? And uh, she, 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 she points up, and, and guys, I'm not kidding, this spider <laughs> hanging from this light post, I mean, it, it wasn't quite, okay, I'm trying not to exaggerate here, all right, it was almost the size of a golf ball. Like, if it was his legs out, and it was the biggest one I've ever seen out there, because you've seen the little ones, and this was like the king daddy, Okay, of all these spiders, and it was on level, and it had come down on this long web, and I would have walked square into it, like it would hit my forehead. And Danielle just gently, she knew, don't do not say anything until you have pulled him into safety, because he will scream, he will embarrass us both. But when I saw that spider, friends, I, I was so thankful for my wife. Okay. I, I cannot imagine, because let me tell you something, there would have been two of us out there dancing. <laughs> and mine wouldn't have been nearly as graceful, okay, as hers, all right? Um, but she pulled me aside, and I was just like, I'm so thankful, you know, that I wasn't alone. Because had, had I been alone, all right, I, I, would have, I, I would have had a spider on my face. <laughs> now, it's one thing to be taking walks alone, which I do all the time, and, but, you know, it, it reminded me. It's one thing to be taking a walk or to be doing something alone, but we were not meant to do life alone from a relationship with God. God actually created us for a relationship with him. God created us to do life with him. We were not meant spiritually to ever do life on our own. In fact, it's interesting when we open up the book of Acts um, you know, Jesus has been with his disciples for three years, uh, teaching them, giving them the best training you could get. I mean, this is the best seminary, hands-on training anyone has ever received on planet Earth. I mean, he, they got to see him in action. They got to hear his very teachings in person. And then he would even give them authority at times to go out and cast out unclean spirits and to heal people supernaturally. I mean, they got just incredible training. Um, but then he's resurrected, and they're back with Jesus. And we forget this sometimes, that Jesus was on the earth for roughly another 40 days after his resurrection, teaching, getting them ready. Now, they've just received the best training uh, that you can receive, and yet Jesus isn't going to just send them out. You think he would? I would think Jesus is going to say, okay, I've just, been, I've just invested three years into you. Okay, I, you've just seen me resurrected. I've just spent even more time getting you ready. Uh, it's time to go out. That's what I would think Jesus would say, but it's not. They, they come to Jesus wanting to know what's, what's going to happen next. And, and in verse 4 of Acts 1, we read that, and while they were gathered together, he commanded them, listen to this, do not leave Jerusalem. 
But wait for the gift the Father promised, which you've heard me discuss, which you've heard me talk about. So what does he tell them to do? He tells them to wait. Why? Why would Jesus tell them, do not start going out and trying to do ministry? Do not start trying to go out there because he's saying, you will, be, you will be alone if you do that. Jesus here is about to ascend into heaven, and uh, he's going back to the Father, okay? And he's saying, I have not made you to try to go out there and to do ministry and to do the life, what I've called you to, by yourself. In verse 8, he says this. tells him the way. He says, then you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Okay, by the way, that word power comes from this Greek word dunamis. It's where we get the, it's where we get the word dynamite from. I'm going to give you dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You wait for the gift. You wait for the Holy Spirit before you try to go out there and do anything. Because you were not meant to do life by yourself. And so you're going to wait. Now, I want us to focus on this for a second camp on this idea because many of us have grown up in the church and just not heard a lot of teaching about the Holy Spirit. Many of us have grown up, we've been around for a while maybe, and you just, you just did not hear a lot of teaching or training on the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of curious why that is because this, Jesus is right now physically in heaven. You and I have the Holy Spirit. You'd think we'd want to talk about that a little bit. That's who's living inside of us right now. It's the spirit of Christ. It's his spirit. And I want to focus on that for a second. Because we'll be given the Holy Spirit. What do we mean by spirit? And maybe that's why we don't talk about it. Because maybe that thought spooks us a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we start thinking Casper the ghost. I don't know what we start thinking. But this idea of spirit, I want us to think about that for a second. Not something we usually spend time just talking about. Spirit. That God is spirit. And that his spirit is with us. What, what do we mean by spirit? I was thinking about it this week. This is not a perfect definition by any means, but let me just throw this concept at, at, at you as I thought about it, okay? A spirit is the thoughts, the personality, the attitude of a being, okay? Let, let me just say that again. It, it, it's, it's the thoughts... It's the personality. It's the attitude of, of a being. Now, a spirit is invisible, right? We don't see a spirit. Spirit is invisible, belongs to the spiritual realm. And we understand this because we understand that even as believers, like when we die, our spirit will go to heaven. Well, what are we talking about there when we say our spirit? You know, our body, the body that we have right now is going to be in the ground, right? But, but what is it that lives on? It's our thoughts. It's our personality. It's our attitude. It's our spirit. It's our essence. That's what's going to live on. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God's thoughts. Paul, I think it's in 2 Corinthians 2, says it is the spirit of God that knows the thoughts of God. That's right, because it's the spirit that contains our thoughts. Uh, it, it's, our, it's our personality. It's who we are. It's our attitude. So when we talk about spirit, I want you to think about that for a second. What we're what we're talking, we're talking about the very thoughts and personality and attitude of God, of God. That, that's in this room right now, pretty incredible thought, amen? That's a pretty incredible thought, that his spirit is in this room right 
now. And it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. A lot of, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways the Bible describes the Spirit of God. But the most common expression is it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that is set apart. It's the Spirit that belongs to the Most High God in the highest of heavens. What spirit are we talking about here? We're talking about the spirit of God, the spirit of the most high God. And it's his thoughts. It's his personality. Okay? It's his attitude. And, 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 and here's what this, this implies. It implies there's other spirits. There's angelic spirits, which are good spirits that do the will of God. There's also evil spirits. There are bad spirits. The devil is a spirit. Satan is a, a spirit, okay? They can maybe take on physical form at times, but they are spirit in nature. And so we need to understand, we're living in a world, remember Paul says our battle is not against flesh and blood. There is a spiritual realm, okay, with various spirits. And, and that's why, you know, I'm not, um, that's, that we need to understand these spirits influence people. There are bad spirits out there wanting to influence people. I'll just say this. Uh, you know, th there are bad spirits out there influencing things coming out of Hollywood. And listen, I say that someone is like a movie buff, okay? I'm not saying that like as a legalist. I mean, I, I'm kind of on the other. I get in trouble for usually being on the far end of, all right, legalism. But even I recognize that, like, there are spirits that, not every movie, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you got to understand these spirits are influencing real things, real people, but then put it out and it comes through your TV screen into your home. Music is being influenced by these. See, these spirits are always trying to influence either bad spirits influencing us in bad ways or good spirits or the Holy Spirit trying to influence us in life-giving ways, in positive ways, in ways that are healthy, in ways that are good. And these spirits come, and they influence and affect our life. And when we are affected and influenced by the Holy Spirit, it's going to lead to good things. It's going to lead to life. That's why Jesus called the Spirit a gift, because it's the Spirit of God. It's the thoughts and the personality and the very attitude of God with us. It's God's presence spiritually in you, influencing your brain. We need that. Jesus says it this way in John 3 when he's talking to, to Nicodemus. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit here, gives birth to our spirit. And he makes us alive so that we can be receptive to the Holy Spirit in our life. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit, okay? So he's saying we don't see the wind, but we do experience the effects of the wind. And in the same way, the Spirit is like that. Whether it's a good spirit or a bad spirit, we don't see it, but we do see the consequences of it. We see the effects that it takes in a person's life, either good or bad. 
So we need to understand this. As believers, if you are a believer, you have put your faith in Jesus. You have invited, really what you're inviting is his spirit into your life. If you have done that, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Okay, you, the, the Holy Spirit indwells you, being given access to start influencing your life. But for a lot of believers today, especially in, in America, I'm just telling you, in American church, the Spirit is like dormant. It's not active in our lives. It's, it's just, we, we're still living very much life on our own. We, we, we like to study the Bible. We, 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 we get joy out of, you know, hearing the stories of the Bible. But we're not really letting the Spirit influence more and more of our life. So you can have the Spirit in you, but there's a difference from having the Spirit indwell you and having the Spirit fill you. Which means you are given the Spirit access to your life to have more and more influence in your life, and through your life, and for your life. So as believers, we want to be filled. We don't want to just have the Spirit indwelling us. We want to be filled, influenced, completely by the Spirit, the thoughts, and the personality, and the attitude, the hopeful attitude of our God in us. So what, what happens when you are filled with the Spirit? That's what I want to spend the majority of our time talking about today. What will happen when you let the Holy Spirit fill you up? You're more and more influenced. Well, first off, you're going to be a happier person. Now, I know sometimes in church circles we don't like that word happy because it's, it can be an emotion. It can be such a fleeting emotion, and that's true. We're not always going to necessarily be happy, but I'll tell you this. If you're filled with the Spirit, you will be a happier person. You will be a happier person than what you will be if you try to do life on your own and by yourself. In fact, you get a little nutty when you start letting the Spirit fill you more and more. We have a story of this in, in Acts 5 um, where, where some disciples get called into the Sanhedrin because they're preaching about this Jesus and stirring up problems. And, uh, and, and it's really interesting. Uh, it says they called the apostles in and they had them flogged, which some translations say they had them beaten. Okay, the bottom line is they were hurt, persecuted for being out there talking about Jesus. But then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and release them. So they're like, okay, now you've been beaten, okay, you've been flogged. You're bleeding a little bit. Just remember that. Don't go out there and start talking about Jesus anymore. Next verse. The apostles left the Sanhedrin. What does that word say? Rejoicing that they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. That's the name of Jesus. Man, being filled with the Spirit of God can make you a little nutty. They just got beat. But it was for the Lord. They walk out of there just rejoicing, <laughs> celebrating, knowing that their wounds are going to take probably a good month to heal. But man, they're happy because they suffered for the Lord. Spirit of God can make us nutty. And when it starts influencing our life and we start living for him, Galatians 5, 22, 23, right? The fruit, the wind, or the effects of the wind of the Spirit. What are those effects? What are the consequences? What are the results when you start getting filled with the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. Anybody just need a little more patience today? Some of you are right now like, hurry up and get to the next one. 
patience, <laughs> kindness. Could our culture, could our world use a little more kindness? <laughs> you say that. I've seen the way some of you drive. I've seen you out there. I, careful with that Edinburgh sticker on the back. <laughs> no, we need kindness. I know that's not true of us. <laughs> Goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. Self-control, we forget about that one. It's very helpful to live self-controlled lives. Friends, people who have these fruits in their life are generally going to be happier people. Let's just be honest. You're filled with these things, you are going to be a happier person. I'm telling you, I'm even learning more and more how to be filled with the Spirit of God. There's an art to it. And I'm learning how to let more and more of the Spirit just influence. I'm trying to listen more to the the voice of the Spirit in my life these days. And I'm telling you, as I'm doing that, even my kids, I didn't even recognize it, but my kids are like going up to Danielle and being like, Dad just seems like a happier person. I am. Because I'm alive with the Spirit of God. And I want that for you. And there's an art to it and there's a journey to it. But it's a journey that we all need to get on. Because when we start getting filled, man, good things start happening. The second thing that happens when I'm filled with the Spirit is I, I, I'm stronger. Okay? I become a stronger person. Yeah, the Spirit will give me strength. When I get filled, uh, I'm going to be able to not only be able to go beyond my own happiness and be happier because of the Spirit, I'm going to be able to go beyond my own natural strength and be stronger. There's a story I love from uh, the, the, the book of Judges about Samson. You know, Samson, some of you know the story. But there's a, Samson kind of, he, he makes the Philistines really angry, burns down their stuff, and so they demand that the Israelites turn Samson over, otherwise they're going to attack Israel. So the Israelites are like, Samson, we got to turn you over, man. So he's like, okay, just don't kill me. And then in verse 14, we read the Philistines came toward him shouting because they see him. Now, he's been bound by the Israelites and kind of given him over. It says what? The what? (laughs) The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes on his arm became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. And I love it. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey. He grabbed it, and he struck down a 1,000 men. Okay, now, you know, I remember when I came to the Bible and first read this, I was like, a jawbone of a donkey? Like, was the donkey still attached to this thing? Like, going along for a ride? I mean, I wonder what. But no, you read on a little more. It's like, no, this was apparently a dead donkey. It means fresh in the sense that it hadn't decayed, so it's like still a strong bone. But he grabs like a, 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 a jawbone. And he sli- Does that sound natural to you? With a jawbone, he's going to slay a thousand men. Friends, that's what the strength of the Lord will do. I'm telling you, I have times where we're in worship and I am worshiping God. I have times where I'm up here preaching. I'm feeling it right now. Can't tell. And I'm telling you, my muscles literally become stronger. I can feel it. Can you feel that when the Spirit comes upon you? So, like, hypothetically, you know, on an average day, let's just say, hypothetically, your pastor benches, bench presses 800 pounds. Okay, let's just say, (laughs) completely hypothetical. I'm telling you, I get filled with the Lord. I'm benching 1,000. 
That is what the Spirit of the Lord, when it comes upon you, friend, I feel my muscles literally like become stronger. I've had people praying for me. I feel it. The Bible says that when you have the Spirit upon you, you can scale a wall. It actually affects us physically, but not just our outer man. It starts affecting your inner man. It's going to give you strength. It's going to give you power. And I'm telling you, man, one of the things I recognize about it, I say this like, man, who's this dude up on stage? He's scaring me right now. Because, friends, you got to understand we are in a fight. We are in a fight. When I see Christians who do not understand, like, why you got to get strong, like, why you have to have strength, why you got to learn how to fight, I'm like, what kind of Christian life are you living? Because I know the Christian life I'm living, it's hard. And there are battles. There are battles of the mind. There are battles in my family of spiritual attack. You got to have a little dog in you. Or you are going to be sitting prey for the enemy. Or if you are not sitting prey, then I'm really concerned. Because basically the enemy's just said, oh, don't worry about them. They're going to walk their way into hell. We don't need to care for them. That's where a lot of people in America just, just not filled. We don't even want to talk about the Spirit. The Spirit's what's going to give us strength to fight. Because you are in a fight. And if you're not, I would be concerned. But you don't have to be in fear. Because when we have the Spirit of God in us, we grow strong. Now, some of you are out there right now. You just misunderstood what I just said. You just said, oh, man, I don't feel strong. I'm feeling so weak today. Oh, man, something's wrong with me. Listen to me. This is how the Christian life works. If you are feeling weak, if you are feeling hurt, if you are feeling like, I don't know what to do. I, I do not have this. I do not know how I'm going to deal with that problem. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. This is what you have to understand about the Christian life. You are a prime candidate for being filled with the Spirit and giving, receiving the strength that God wants to give you. It's not your strength. It's his strength in you when you learn to become a dependent person on him. You got to become dependent, friends. That's when he gives you his Spirit and then he starts doing more in you and through you than you could ever do on your own. And you're going to look back and you're going to be, whoa, how did I get here? Because I remember the days where I was thinking about throwing in the towel. I remember the days I didn't even think it was possible. How did I get here? Because you became dependent on God and you cried out and he gave you his spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, this is what Paul was experiencing in 2 Corinthians 12. He had something in his life that was impeding his ministry. That was negatively affecting his life. He calls it a thorn in the flesh. And which is, uh, it's, God allowed this. And it's always been amazing to me. Like, God, he's out there planting churches. Like, he's out there, like, on mission for you. And you're going to let something in his life that's going to impede him and keep him from being able to do ministry freely? He, Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in what? Strength? No, it's made perfect in our weakness. When we recognize our weakness and we say, God, I need you. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I grow strong because now I've been dependent on God and he is starting to fill me with his spirit to do more in me and through me than I could ever accomplish on my own, which is why today we're reading about this Paul who wrote most of the books of the New Testament, best church planner that's ever lived, because God allowed a weakness into his life. So friends, if you're out there feeling weak today, you are in a good place. Because now you can cry out to the Lord and say, God, I need your spirit. I'm going to stop trying to do it on my own. Help, okay? Last one. When I am filled with the spirit, I'm wiser. I grow, I grow wiser as well. Doesn't mean I'm always going to make wise decisions, but I'm going to be wiser than I would left to myself. In fact, Jesus says this as he's getting ready for the crucifixion and his ascension. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here. He says to the disciples, when the counselor comes, some translations, the advocate, but it means counselor as well. When the counselor comes, who I will send to you from my Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, it's the Spirit of God, he will, he will testify about me. Okay? Jesus is saying God will give us a counselor. To, to speak into our life and to start giving us more and more wisdom as we, as, we, as we press in and tune in and start to hear the voice of what God is telling us. Anybody just need a little wisdom today? Anybody need making a decision and you're just like, I need, I need some wisdom? Uh, Rock the Block was, you know, this past Sunday um, and uh, the week prior... Uh, maybe it was actually just a, <clears throat> yeah, it was about a week prior. I, I was, uh, I think, just taking a walk, and I got this prompting. And God said, I, I want you to set up a prayer booth at Rock the Block, okay? So that if there's anyone there who needs prayer for anything, you can pray for them. So I heard this prompting loud and clear. I was a little concerned for my brother Josh, because can we just celebrate Josh for a second? And everything it takes to pull off... Rock the block, <laughs> okay? It's a big undertaking, and thank you volunteers as well, but that is a huge ministry that we do as a church that has so many moving parts, all right? It would make your head spin. And so I didn't want to put anything more on his plate, and so I was just like, okay, I, I, all I need, I said this to the executive team, all I need is just a sign. I'll, I'll, make, I'll do everything else my own, but if I can get a sign, Chris Scher, our communications director, who also does an awesome job, stepped up, made me a sign, need prayer, Taped it to the, to the table, you know, where people were coming and filling out for the, the drawings. A lot of you, you know, got to talk to you. Um, you, were, you guys wanted those gift cards, right? So I, you were heading to that table, and I'm talking, but not anyone coming up for prayer. I was there for an hour and a half. Nobody had asked for prayer. It was all just, you know, those gift cards and whatnot. Standing around talking to lots of people, meeting new people. It was great. But then I see this woman. She's just kind of like lingering. She's just kind of hanging out. And so I... Um, I uh, I'm just like, are, are you here for prayer? Like, do you, need, do you need prayer? She's like, I just need someone to talk to. And so she starts talking to me. And we, we talked for at least an hour, pro probably closer to an hour and a half. But she just started telling me her life story. She was a, a, she, a former Muslim, okay, but, but she had just given up on all religion. She had just thrown in the towel on religion. It was just telling me the whys behind that and her life story. 
And uh, then she, she made <laughs> this mistake. She, she said, all religions are the same. That was her big mistake, okay? Because I said, I want to tell you about Jesus. And I started talking to her about Jesus and said, this is what's different about Christianity is Jesus. And really what I was talking about, the spirit of Jesus will come into your life and will live in you. And he will do life with you so you do not have to do life alone. And it sounds to me like based on what she was just telling me, you need some help. You could use some help today. So I'm talking to her about Jesus. She already understood about sin and all that, being a former Muslim. And she was like, but I'm not going to get my life cleaned up. She's like, I'm going to still struggle tomorrow. I was like, no, but Jesus will come in and start changing you in time. He'll start transforming you from the inside out. No, none of us are perfect. I said, if you had to be perfect after you receive Jesus in your life, I said, we're all out. Amen? But he will come in and start transforming and doing a work. And he will help you. And I didn't say this to her, but I was basically saying he'll make you happier. He'll make you stronger. He'll make you wiser. I said, do you want to invite this Jesus into your life? She said, yes. And right there, friends, I got to pray for her at Rock the Block. She said the prayer herself to invite Christ into her life. And so I'm going to encourage you to pray for Jera, all right? Because I know how the devil likes to get in and start playing, you know, seeds of doubt after something like that happens. She's been added to the board, but all through that conversation, what do you think I'm doing? Oh, God, give me the answers. Give me the words. Give me the, <laughs> help me, help me. And he was. And so here I see God. I, I, I realize in hindsight, man, he, is, he prompted me for that one person. God saw Jarrah. His eyes were already on Jarrah. And he prompted me and he gave me this, 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 this revelation to, to, to pray for that one person. And then even while I'm talking to her, he's given me wisdom how to have a conversation with Jarrah. And I'm telling you, when we learn to tune in the Spirit, we can start asking, God, give me help, give me answers, give me wisdom, give me vision. Some of you need a vision for your life that comes from God. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest problems today for many Christians is the voice that you're listening to. Whose voice are you really listening to? Because I'm, 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 I'm hearing more and more stories about people who are just feel so stuck, just so miserable, in such chains. And I just think so much of it comes down to whose voice were you listening to? And I say this with all due respect, like the Bible teaches, friends, we are supposed to honor our mother and father, and we should do that. But at the same time, Jesus' voice trumps it all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus' voice trumps. Because if I am listening to any other voice outside of what Jesus is telling me to, I'm going to end up over here. And I'm going to end up feeling stuck, and I'm going to feel trapped. And I know in such a family-focused environment that can be hard to say, but Jesus said, I did come. In some cases, there will be division. we got to start listening to what is Jesus saying in our life. And mom and dad, hopefully that's what we're seeking when we do shepherd our children. God, what are you saying for my kids? But if there's going to be a time where 
there's conflict. Listen, friends, whether it be what culture is telling you, whether it be what friends or people at your school are telling you, I don't care who it is. I am going to listen to the voice of God, and I am very serious about this right now because if you don't, you're going to end up over here when God said, I have great plans for you, and if you will start listening to my voice, you will be here. That's where I want you. I want you here. But so many of us, because of the fear of man or this compulsive desire to please others, end up listening to voices rather than listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. And I tell you that even over your pastor, if I say something that is not of God, you don't listen to me, you listen to the voice of the Spirit. Amen? Give you that permission. Because I want what's best for you. I want you here. And I know that comes when we cut through the noise and we listen for the voice of our God, the Good Shepherd. Okay? So, friends, how am I going to get filled with the Spirit? Anybody here today say, I'd like a little more happiness? Anybody here today going to say, I'd like a little more strength in my life? Anyone here going to say, I would like a little more wisdom in my life? Okay, so what do I do to get filled? Well, really quickly, I, I talk about these things so much, but let me reiterate some of these things. Okay, first off, if I'm going to get filled by the Spirit, I have got to start walking in holiness. You have got to start walking in holiness. Okay, if there is sin and junk in your life, it is going to keep you from experiencing the Spirit of God filling you up. Okay, you know, the Spirit of God wants to come into your life, but if you've got all this other stuff in your life, you're not going to be able to be filled. Think of it like a glass, right? If I have a glass, but it's got a bunch of junk in it, the Spirit can only come in. But if I get rid of the junk, then the Spirit has all of this to work with. The Spirit will have your life to work with. You've got to get rid of the garbage. You've got to get rid of the junk, the sin. And that's the good news. Jesus came and died for you so that you could confess it and be cleansed. So that your cup, your vessel, your life could be cleansed. And so the Spirit has more to work with. That's why 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Friends, it starts with confessing our sin because the Bible says we can grieve the Spirit, and our sin will grieve the Spirit. And I, I've been very open and honest with you about the fact that there are just some things in my life that grieve the Spirit. I have learned in time, grieve the Spirit in my life. Okay? Pornography grieves the Spirit. That's why I've had to say no. <laughs> my prayer today, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. I don't even want to go near it. I don't want to, I, border after border around it because I do not want it getting into my life and robbing me of the spirit filling me up. Disunity with my wife and my spouse. If there's a wall that goes up, friends, it's just something about it just grieves me. It grieves the spirit in me. And I'm not as filled, so you got to deal with that. I don't know what that is for you, but you've got to know that I'm grieving the Spirit right now, and I need to go to God, and I need to confess that. And you can do that this morning. The second way, if I'm going to be filled with the Spirit, is by tuning in. I'm filled with the Spirit when I tune into it. Some of us have never been taught how to tune in to the Spirit of God, but it really is like a radio frequency that you've got to learn 
<laughs> to find that right frequency. Oh, there it is. There's the love. There's the joy. There's the peace. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you learn to find the Spirit of God in your heart? Because he's there, but you've got to find him. And, and you've got to tune in. And you've got you've to learn, okay, that's, that's, that's the Spirit of God. That's what I want to be tuned in to. And how do you do that? You know, it might be through worship. We were, we're going to have an opportunity to worship God. You're going to have an opportunity to get tuned in. There it is. It might be through reading your Bible. It might be through prayer. Certainly through meditation. Meditating? When's the last time you just spent some time meditating on the Spirit? On the presence of the Spirit in your life. Might be through serving. Might be just sitting down with another person who's spirit-filled. Learning. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's that frequency. Dear friends, you've got to learn how to tune into the spirit if you're going to let it start coming into your life and transform you. And last, and this is what I'm going to end my message with, we're just going to ask God for it. We're going to ask him for more of his spirit at work, okay, in our life. So here's what I like to do. I'm going to ask us to just to bow our heads. We would. Start tuning in your heart right now. Want to find the spirit, those thoughts and personality and attitude of God right now. Start seeking that. Where is that? Okay. And maybe some of you come in this morning and you, you don't even have the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't even know what I'm talking about right now. You've never experienced the Spirit in your life. We have to invite Jesus into our life and receive what Jesus did for us if we're going to start getting filled with the Spirit. We won't have the Spirit indwelling us unless we first invited Christ in, into our life because it's His Spirit that we're inviting in. And so I just wonder if there's anyone out there right now that needs to make that decision. Yes, just like Jera this week. I, God, I want you to come into my help, life, and I want you to start helping me, okay? I want more of that happiness that your spirit gives. I want more of that strength that only your spirit can give. I want more of that wisdom that only your spirit can give. And so while everyone's heads are just bowed right now, if that's you before God and before your pastor, would you just raise your hand and say, that's what I want. I want to invite the Spirit into my life today. See a hand back there. See a hand over here. I want to invite you in, Spirit. It's before God and before man. <laughs> See your hand over here. I want you to come in so I can start being filled. I'm just going to encourage you just in your heart, before, between you and God, you just pray, Jesus, yes, I recognize I do need the forgiveness of my sin. I want to be cleansed from all unrighteousness so that you can come in today and start transforming my life, transforming my heart. So Jesus, I invite you in. I want to do life with you from this day forward. Come in and teach me and train me and help me to better know your thoughts, to better know your personality and your attitude and that that would become my thoughts, my personality, my attitude so that I look more like you. I'm gonna ask for that today. And church, here's what I'm gonna do. I don't know, I saw maybe 
eight to 10 hands go up with that prayer. But now I wanna ask all of us, will we stand up? Could we just stand up for just a second? Cause we're about to get ready to worship anyways. And could we all just pray together now? Could we all just say this? It's a simple prayer. Jesus, fill me, fill me, fill me with your spirit. Okay, you know what someone who's talking in front of you is always going to do, right? We're going to do that again. And now you're going to mean it. Say, Jesus, fill me, fill me, fill me with your spirit. Lord Jesus, you just heard that. It's like incense (laughs) in your ears. Your people are crying out saying, Lord, they want to be filled. Fill us up today. Fill this church, Lord, with more of you, more of your presence, influencing every part of our life as we turn our sin over to you and ask for the forgiveness of sin and the being cleansed of all unrighteousness so we walk out of here today more filled with your presence. We're going to ask for this, Jesus, all in your precious name. And God's people said, amen.